Welcome to Generous Impact. My name is Brett Brummett. And my name is Amanda Brummett. We are joined today by Gary Merritt, the CEO of Great Springs Project. Get ready to be inspired by his deep affection for Texas and his unwavering dedication to the Great Springs Project, which aims to connect a 100-mile trail between San Antonio and Austin over the recharge zone of the Edwards Aquifer, while also protecting an additional 5,000 acres of land. It's a powerful vision that promises to bring about not only a direct and positive economic impact, but also significant improvements in health, recreation, and transportation for the communities involved. Well, Gary, thank you so much for being here with us today. We would love for you to start by sharing with our guests who you are, both personally and professionally. Thank you so much for having me on. I I love talking about the work we do at Great Springs Project, and I love learning about um, all the people that are doing great work in our communities and in the region. So thank you for this chance. My name is Gary Merritt. I am the CEO of Great Springs Project. I'll start with the personally part. Uh, I grew up in a small hill country town, Lakey, Texas, right on the western edge of the hill country, Frio River on one side of the county, the Nueces River on the other side of the county. was outside every chance I got growing up, and that's never really stopped. And so I just feel incredibly fortunate to work now for an organization uh, that is completely committed to putting trail on the ground, a 100-mile trail from San Antonio to Austin, and doing land conservation projects because I get to use all my background and skills, but especially I get to work with landowners and and work on uh, protecting property and building trail. And Gary, you've got a undergraduate degree in English and a JD. Is that right? That's right. I, in full disclosure, my undergraduate degree is kinesiology and English. Ah. So for my children and children everywhere that are wondering what you do with a PE degree, you, you can go to law school. Perfect. <laughs> you can you can be a real estate lawyer and a county attorney and a county judge, and you can run an organization like Grace Springs Project. I love it, which is the perfect segue into my burning question for you. How does a lawyer and judge end up working in the nonprofit world um, on basically helping adults play outside more? Yeah, that's that is uh, that's the question I ask myself uh, when I'm saying my prayers at night and my gratitudes because <laughs> this is the greatest job in the world. It's perfect for me. And I got to it um, absolutely by other people's volition and none of my own planning. I was minding my own business. I'd been a real estate lawyer for many years and involved in local government and represented landowners. And I owned a title company along with my law practice in Lakey. And came to Austin this second time. I went to law school here, but I came my second time to work for the Association of Counties, Statewide Association for County Government. I was a general counsel and legislative director. And Great Springs Project was just um, being, uh, it had been formed, and the board of directors wanted to really stand up an organization, and they found me. And I, I listened, and I knew some of what they were ta- uh, were interested in, and I knew some of the people with whom they were working. And, and through the course of several conversations, I gained a lot of confidence in the board of directors and in the, the, the ability of an organization like ours to accomplish the mission. And said yes, and I, we haven't looked back. It's been great. Yeah, and that's a, a lot of different people and trust you put to take the direction of the the project. So I mean, there's definitely a lot of communities, municipalities, landowners that are all in this plethora of footprint you're looking at. 
how in the world did the organization actually come to fruition to build like consensus or an umbrella over all the different public works and different people's passion projects? Yeah, that's that. that uh, Brett is is really the what drove me most to say yes to Great Springs Project is the ability, the opportunity to work with a huge stakeholder group in a collaborative way toward a mission that's incredibly important for Texas. I, I come to this, I'm a Texan and and, and I, I just love this state for all that it is. I love it. And an opportunity to help people to be together, to try to set aside some differences that work toward this common goal of establishing more green space in a state, in a particular part of the state where we need it, and to put the infrastructure down of this 100 plus mile trail it's it's terrific. It's it's an opportunity for people to say to say yes to something in this state, and and that's was just so appealing to me. In my phase of this my, this phase of my career and in the work that I've done. So to answer your question best, um, it's all day every day, building and maintaining relationships, having good frank conversations, um, being a gap filler in our work where we may work with one partner that just needs a tiny slice of what we can offer. And so we are happy to provide that. We may work with another partner that needs something completely different or a lot more. And we're very happy to provide that to not have any ego in the work and and to be very mission focused has been really the drivers for us and across the board is, is being good listeners. We work really hard to listen carefully and think strategically about what we can offer as an organization and our individual capacities to the project together and make our projects more. That's pretty fantastic. You know, we were reading through the Great Springs Project Trails Plan, which is a fantastic document and really well put together. But, you know, I think we think of it first and foremost as a trail for activity, recreation. But as you get into it, it's way more important about the waters and the Edwards aquifier and how it affects our spring, our land, our green space community. What is the bigger purpose? Is it the water? Is it the land? Is it all just how it works in harmony? It really is the latter. It, we have a mission of connecting this 100 plus mile trail of San Antonio to Austin over the recharge zone of the Edwards aquifer and protecting an additional 50,000 acres of land in that same space. And those two goals work together. There's not an A and a B. There's not a one and a two. So we do trail projects based upon the conservation work that we can do. We work with landowners and public agencies, the cities and the counties, and real estate developers that are doing parks and open space. And then and then it, the reverse goes as well. So we may have a... a a landowner that is only interested in a trail corridor across their property. We'll work on that. We may have another landowner that wants to do a large conservation project, or maybe their property is for sale and it's a high priority conservation project for us. And so we'll can put an investment group together to buy that property and move it into conservation with a trail corridor on it. So they work together. The other part of this is, is that to make this be a successful project, we need everyone, everyone to want to say yes to it, to find their own wins in this. And, and that might be recreation. And, and this is a time of trails, certainly. 
when you survey people in almost every city in, in our area, people ask for more parks, open space, and trails. From a local government perspective, and I'm a local government person, you need to show a good rate of return for your public investment. And so economic impact is a big deal for us. Another group of people may be very interested in the mental health components of trails, the physical health components, quality of life, workforce development. It goes on and on and on. And so whoever that project partner is, what their priorities are, then we work with them to, to accomplish their goals. And through that, we're able to put trail together, put trail on the ground, and put land in conservation. That's pretty awesome. Now, your stated goal is a, tw- a 2036 completion date. How right. how realistic is it that at this point? And how is that soon enough for the recharge zone? Is it is it a moving target? It, it is it is realistic. And for us, we're out there talking with landowners and, and being very engaged in all of the land use changes from San Antonio to Austin. It's it is so dynamic and that we have to keep our foot on the accelerator to get this accomplished. In this timeline, uh, 2036 is the Texas bicentennial, uh, and and it'll be a seminal moment in this state, certainly for my generation and generations too. Like the way when I was a kid, we look back at 1976, and that's a big moment in this country. Uh, that that 2036 will be a big moment in this state, and so because land use is changing so quickly, the development pressure is increasing. We have to do it now, and this the 2036 goal is a, is a now. We're working right now on on securing all of the right-of-way for the trail. Um, there's a significant amount of the trail that's already built, another significant amount where the right-of-way is secured. We're working on those gaps now. And the reality is, is that we have to do it now because in five years, probably not, in 10 years, definitely not, that land will not be available for both the trail and the open space. Personal question. Will you do one of the really cool, like Texas Bicentennial Great Springs Trail belt buckles we all got as kids? <laughs> that is a great idea. I love that. I love I want, that. I want one. Brett okay. wants to underwrite that. Yeah. <laughs> noted and noted. <laughs> so I, I've heard a little bit already this morning about the case for the trail. Um, I want to back up just a little bit and walk our listeners, especially for people that aren't from the Hill Country, through what we're talking about. So you've shot a 100-plus mile trail over the Edwards Aquifer. So that's going to go from Barton Springs here in Austin to San Marcos Springs, to Comal Springs in New Braunfels, to San Antonio Springs that feeds the San Antonio River. And we're going to do this all in 13 years. Sounds amazing. How do we how do we functionally make that happen? As, as I mentioned before, it, it takes all of us working together. We're very happy to, to help to hold that regional vision together. But the, the reality is, is that most of the work happens at a very local level. So our job is to help to support local work and to catalyze new work. So to answer your question, one way is just to engage in the work and uh, to in whatever way works for you, whether it's um, if you're in one of the communities along the way or you're invested in one of the communities along the way, then let's talk about the trails and the open space in that community and what we can do at a local level for more of that. Um, if, if you're interested in the work that we do on a regional basis, then let's talk about that. We we have project partners in all forms and, and, and sizes and, and interests. And um, whether it's supporting the organization or being a technical ex- um, person around one of those components or being a convener of people, you know, we, we bring people together and talk about these things to, to 
gather support. And so some people are just great at connecting and collecting people. And we love to work with folks. You mentioned early on, you know, you're a state government guy, the return on investment piece. And we look at the project, what has the expected economic return around 56 million annually, which sounds like a huge number, but is that a return on investment that your local communities see? They feel like they're going to be benefited from it. And you know what, what what's driving that number? The biggest piece is that return for everybody. Thank you for mentioning that. That economic impact report is on our website, and we encourage people to look at it. And and secondly, I encourage people then to reach out to us and say you like this about it. You were wondering about this. Here's a different way to do it. And we want to get better all the time. I fully expect that when we update that economic impact analysis, which was done on just the idea of a 100-mile trail without specific alignments and locations, that number will change significantly. It will go up significantly. That report also doesn't take much consideration of the ecosystem services, the value of the water in the aquifer that's being protected through our land conservation work. So what will evaluate that. But to answer your, your, your question, I think even better, Brett, those numbers are reflected in the return on investment of local projects. Um, I, 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 in my opinion, based upon the work that I do and the work that I've done, trails and open space are the highest return, lowest cost infrastructure that a local government can put together. First is what people are asking for. And, uh, and that's very important is for people to see where their public funds are being used to their benefit. We all like to see the things you know, the Yimbies, yes, in my backyard, I want that. And so people are asking for more parks and trails and connectivity. People want to be able to leave their house, walk to the end of the street, get on a trail and take that to their kid's school or playground or park or the HEV or whatever it happens to be. So that's, it's, this is really vital infrastructure just for the quality of life of people. Um, but then you see the, the returns from a health perspective. You see the, the the decrease in the cost to local governments for public health when people's health outcomes are improved through outdoor recreation like this. And it could be a trail, it could be a playground. But again, this this is a this the trails do a lot of different things. So we're talking about improved health outcomes and recreation and quality of life and some transportation components. So to, on the transportation side, which we mentioned the economic report. I think of it like I-35, which I drive, unfortunately, every single day. Most There are very, very few people that are going to be on this get on this trail in San Antonio and be on it for 100 miles to Austin. A lot of people, though, are going to be on it for the walk to the ballpark or maybe even to the next town, or they're going to be on their e-bike, just like people get on I-35 and they do two exits and they get off. Um, that's just, it's just a good local transportation infrastructure yeah and it, it it's actually a magical transportation infrastructure you you know you feel connected back to nature in the middle of a huge city and we're talking about a couple of huge cities you, you know you mentioned the health benefits on the economic report i i expect that to be one that probably grows as you dig into that because it looked like it was a real i mean it's the lowest component of the economic return but it looked like the sources were probably the most limited view of health benefits too when i look at that that is exactly right. And I would love to have more information about that. That was one of the, the soft spots as we were, as we were working with 
the, the person that's putting the economic report together is just there weren't a lot of data sets, of course, not a lot of um, data sets in central Texas. I know St. Davis Foundation has done some work around, um, and we want them and others to do more of that work because it's incredibly important. Um, there are amazing ways to improve health outcomes besides just what we think of as the, the direct expenditures for that, like trails, like better transportation opportunities, like the things that are um, help quality of life, but then keep our blood pressure lower, keep us more fit, and all those other things that come with that. Yeah, those are huge benefits and and one that not everybody always has access to, um, which is one thing I love about your project, Gary. Throughout the plan, I read constantly about equity and accessibility being front and center. This isn't just for donors. This isn't just for people that can afford it. This is for everybody in all the communities. Can you walk us through how you're doing that? I appreciate the, the chance to talk about this. It, it's incredibly important to me personally and to us as an organization. First, in, in Texas, there there is less than 5% of, of land in Texas that is available for public access, which is a tiny number compared to states that are just to the west of us that have a, a completely different origin story than Texas does. And, and so there's just so much more public space there. So we have to we have to make the public space. We have to help the communities develop that for all the reasons we were just talking about why it's important. Um, so just a brief note. So I, I will mention to people that I'm a real estate developer. I'm just developing parks, open space, and trails um, rather than single family house or commercial because we have to be that intentional about it in this state, given the the history that we've had of, of a lack of public space. Putting that aside. And then just a brief note about some other public investments like the Centennial Fund for State Parks that's on our ballot this month. You know, that's a reflection of us saying as a state, we do need more places for people to be outside, everyone to have an opportunity to be outside. So let's invest in that. For us at Great Springs Project, the very first thing that we did before we even did the trails plan um, is we thought about the impact of this sort of infrastructure, the 100 plus mile trail would have on not just San Antonio and Austin, but the communities along the way, whether they're, they're because there are 10 cities with whom we work, four counties, there are different levels of government there in different communities. So we put together an equity task force, some people that helped us to think about what are the what are the impacts to these local communities for these sort of changes that will happen. And certainly displacement is a huge concern. Austin, particularly San Antonio, particularly, but some of the places along the way. So we thought about that. We thought about the economic opportunity that comes um, from this sort of a trail, and and how existing local communities can benefit from that. Um, a variety of things. We knew from the very beginning that this would this our work would have implications far beyond 2036, and even far beyond our initial understanding. And we wanted to get the benefit of the community to understand that. And then I'll say that since then, um, so we took that group and they gave us some recommendations and we built that into the trails plan and all of our work since. And you'll see that reflected somewhat in the trails plan. And then since then, we at Great Springs Project, we are in the community. We, we love to table at events. We love to talk with people, whether it's a community group, a church group, and, and that'll be one ask I'll make uh, for your audience is if there's a place that we could show up and talk or listen, we want to do that because we want to hear from people. 
regards to the community. And we know that not everyone is, is, a, is part of a group that will show up at a normal trails and park event. And so we'll be very happy to come to you and set up a table at your event and listen to the people that come and, and answer the questions we can, but especially to learn. Awesome. That's pretty but cool. What a great way to, to run an organization. Yeah. So Gary, I know you as a runner and you've already described yourself as being outdoors and being an outdoor guy. Um, well, you didn't say outdoor guy. You said you outdoor every chance you get and that stayed with you throughout life. Does being an outdoor guy or someone that's, you know, got that connotation of proclivity that that's the best spot to be in life. Does that hinder or does that hurt when you're meeting with the different stakeholders or does it even come up? Do people read that in you early on? It's, it's really front and center in what I do and what we do as an organization, because um, we deal with land use and, and a lot of our work is with private landowners and developers and, and, and people even just the idea of a trail next to someone's house um, can elicit different feelings in those people. And, and so I think that my background and other people with whom I work at Extreme Project, more background and understanding about uh, private land use and the relationship of land and humans, just the feelings of that, I think is just incredibly important. And so I certainly bring that into all the conversations that I have, all the work that I do, because everything really depends upon that piece of property, whether that's the right piece of property for part of the trail, or that's the right piece of property for conservation. And I've talked a lot about trail here, but conservation work of, of adding, protecting land over the recharge zone of the Edwards Aquifer is just fundamental to this, this idea that we can do great things in this state. If your listeners aren't familiar with the Edwards Aquifer, I would encourage them to do it. It's one of the, the wonders of this world. And we just happen to be living right above it. Um, it's a huge underground reservoir. Uh, and this area that's just west of I-35 from San Antonio and Austin, where the recharge features are, that's why we have caves. Like you see the big commercial caves, but you're walking out on property and you can see cracks in the ground and you can see um, sinkholes and places where this water like today it's raining, that water is going into the aquifer and it's coming up in people's wells and in public wells and it's coming up in those springs that you talked about Barton Springs, San Marcos Comal and San Antonio so this is our resource and the work that we do to protect the land that protects the water in the aquifer is join, get on the bus, let's do this together because this is important to all of us so what I'm hearing is they see your passion and they see it quick. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Well, I have a selfish question, Gary, since you're a runner and outdoorsman and an Austinite, um, what are your favorite spots? Because I want to go check them out. Well, okay. So this is a great question. I've got to warn you though. None of this is like cool or trendy um, because perfect. I'm also, so I'll tell you like my Sunday morning, um, I go to early, uh, I go to 8.30 service and then I go to Cisco's and I sit at the counter and I drink coffee and I have huevos rancheros and it is awesome. Um, nice. I love barbecue. And so I, I will go to barbecue places. I'll tell you my favorite barbecue place. This is, I know, fighting words for anyone, um, but I'm really good friends with my, Wayne Miller at, in Taylor, Texas that has Louis Miller barbecue. And so I'll go up and I'll have barbecue and visit with Wayne up there. Um, I like uh, 
built Chinese, old thousand on the east, on East 12th, but in my neighborhood of Brentwood, uh, it's called Dope Chinese. So that's a huge favorite of mine. Oh, yeah. And then anything that has pastries involved with it, you can have coffee and some donut pastry situation. I'm down for that. So Upper Crust Bakery on Burnett is another one of my hermans. Oh, You're naming places that we drive by and don't stop at. So we have a whole new list of places to go now. Okay. Uh, yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. And you can run it off. It's fine. Yeah. You can, you can, you know, have the croissant, have the thing, eat the donut, and then go run. Yeah. It's just six miles, another six miles, no big deal. <laughs> you have a hugely impressive resume. Um, you're doing the Great Street Project now. I mean, the project itself has an end time. I'm sure the Great Street Project extends past that end time because there'll be more offshoots. But for you, what's next for you professionally? I've got to tell you, Brett, I I, I don't think past this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I expect that there'll be some other things, but um, I love this work so much. And it is so important to me that that. I'm just all in in this, and and what I think about is what to what to I need to do today, or what can I do today and in the next week and in the next year, and uh, I'm just I'm just just deeply in love with with the the work, the team, the collaboration, all those things, and so I'm going to keep doing this uh, for a, and, until I I know everything is happening, and and we're going to get there, and and all these goals that we have and that our partners have are being realized. And then I'll pick my head up and I'll reach out and I'm, I'm going to call you and ask you, okay, what next? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds perfect. I hope to be around and, you know, have that call sooner than later. Cause that means great things have been achieved. <laughs> so, um, well, the organization obviously is an inspiration to us. I mean, it's very central to our lives. Um, and it inspires us. You know, we definitely look at things that people that are impacting the community around them in whatever form or fashion. So, what or what organizations, what people are you finding outside today that isn't the Great Springs that are inspiring you or bringing information in that you're then you know using to learn from? Yeah, you know, these days we get pulled in lots of directions, and so I. I, I we do it at Great Springs Project, but I really see the value of large collaborative organizations. Huge challenges with that. You know, it's unwieldy and never, never nothing is ever black and white anymore. But the power of collaboration is I just really feel it in some places. So a couple of the organizations that I, I really respect and that are doing big collaborative work, one of them is the Hill Country Conservation Network. Um, so it's a, a group of 100 plus organizations in Central Texas in the Hill Country that are involved in in environmental or conservation work. Um, almost all of us have a particular focus or niche, um, but we we collaborate, we talk, we meet, we have some committees and, and things like that. And so it's a good opportunity to share information and to find partners for particular things. So I would encourage people to uh, to look at that. That there, there's some good reporting that's come out of that as well. There was a um, a recent report that the Hill Country Conservation Network um, published that has great metrics for the Hill Country development, and um, and it's just a, a good resource. And then another organization that I I just look to for inspiration 
is in Wimberley, and that's the um, the Watershed Association. Uh, it's Wimberley Valley. David Baker was, was the brain behind that and the driver behind that. He and I served on the Hill Country Alliance board together. And I just think what they do is really important. Jacobs Well is a you know state treasure and a national treasure, and they've done an amazing job of helping to check that in some very thoughtful, creative ways from rules for the local water district to the way they do land conservation. And uh, I just think they're fantastic. That's awesome. We'll definitely check all those out. I hope our listeners do as well. I know you made one request to the listener earlier. Is there any parting request thing you would do to act one big ask? Please go to our website, greatspringsproject.org. Look at what's there. We have a ton of information on our website. I mentioned the economic impact report, the trails plan, a a lot of information there, including we have... Two short films, one in English, narrated by Matthew McConaughey, one in Spanish, narrated by Manu Ginobili. Um, so please look at that information and then respond. So on that website, there's an info at greatspringsproject.org. And um, let us know what you think. We're in this together. If you've heard this piece, you're part of the team. So uh, help us out and let's work together on it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time and your passion and all you do for our community. Thank you all so much for having me. Wow. What an amazing project. It was fascinating to learn more about the Great Springs Project, which I did expect. It's pretty cool. But I must admit that I was just as fascinated by the approach of the organization as the project itself. Listening intently, meeting people where they are, we're in this together, the collaboration with stakeholders and the building of relationships and consensus while staying mission focused is a leadership lesson for us all, for profit or not for profit. Oh, and I also need to fill you in on one other thing. Brett and Gary are both part of Gilbert's Gazelles, which means they are often running in upwards of 40 miles per week around Austin. Hence their great love for trails, but also all of the delicious food in town. Brett and Gary can partake guilt-free because of their running routine, but for me, I'll have to walk to the restaurant to justify the carbs. But that's what trails are for, right? Well, be sure to check out The Great Springs Project at greatspringsproject.org. And if you live in one of the communities that will be served by the trail, be sure to reach out to them because they want to hear from you.